the movie I've selected for tonight is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. This is a film that came out in 2010 as a romantic action comedy film starring Michael Cera and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. The film is amazing and I really love it. I know that it didn't... It was a box office bomb, which is a shame. Um, but also quite funny because the film is about a band called Sex Bomb. So it's funny that uh, the film would bomb. And I think it's going to be really fun for us to watch tonight. So all you need to do is close your eyes. I'll explain what's going on with the film and share some information. Overall, just need you to fall asleep, dream and get a restful night's sleep. Let's start the film. The Universal logo is is pixelized and there's a pixel, um, an 8-bit version of the theme song for the Universal uh, logo at the start of the film. It goes into some narration, giving us some feedback and some previous information uh, about the main character, Scott Pilgrim. So the film starts with Scott in the kitchen uh, with his bandmates and they're grilling him about dating someone and that person is in high school. So that's the topic of the conversation. So he's 22 and he's dating a high school girl, which is, um, I guess they're trying to say that it's problematic and I suppose it kind of is Um, it's not it's a bit of an age gap there I think at least four years naturally the topic of conversation goes over to sex and he Scott Pilgrim is sort of avoiding answering that question so that he was asked directly if they've done it and he is listing all the things they have done and none of those things are sex They ask what her name is and he tells them it's Knives Chow. And now they're asking when they can meet her. There's sort of a level up uh, sound when she appears at the door. He's asking her to be good. And so she's coming to watch them do their band practice. The band uh, are just performing um, in their little studio. It looks like just like a front room. And now Knives has come to watch the lead singer wants her to specifically geek out about them. But it um, Scott promises that she will. Uh, this film actually has loads of uh, recognisable faces in it. Alongside Michael Cera and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, you've got fa- people like Chris Evans, Ken- Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza, Brandon Roth, uh, Mae Whitman who plays the uh, drummer in the band. Bill Hader is also in the film. It's full of of loads of amazing people that you've heard of, I'm sure. Uh, It's directed by Edgar Wright, who you may recognise from Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, At World's End, and was originally the original writer of the Ant-Man film. And uh, the credits are rolling now while the band plays and the title card michael sarah uh, scott pilgrim versus the world and then we've got the credits as well the opening credits the film is about um, um a boy falling in love with a girl and having to battle her seven evil exes as we all have to do when we meet someone new the credits are still uh going it's um a long one i guess uh, the film was 
shortlisted uh, for Best Visual Effects at the Oscars. Uh, it, it lost out that year, but um, a domination is incredible. It actually made um, several top 10 lists and um, has developed a cult following over the years, uh, which is understandable. If you've seen the film, you'll understand why that, that is. The film is based on a series of graphic novels by a gentleman called Brandon Lee. Uh, that came out, I believe, in two thousand. Uh, Brian Lee, sorry, Brian Lee O'Malley. Sorry, I should get people's names right. Um, came out in two between two thousand and four and two thousand and ten. Now, Scott Pilgrim is being questioned by Kim, who is his ex girlfriend, um, about if he has any ulterior motives why he's with Knives. So Knives has got the approval of two of his bandmates, but it seems like Kim is a bit mad at her. Scott's now at home with his housemate who's called Wallace. They share a bed in a very small um, basement apartment. Scott's embarrassed about the fact his girlfriend is only 17 which is a five-year age gap and Wallace immediately tells his sister who's played by Anna Kendrick, Stacy Pilgrim. He immediately texted her. So she's working at a coffee shop and is now grilling Michael Sarah Scott Pilgrim about the uh, two of them uh, so he's just informed us that she has a Catholic uh, schoolgirl uniform he he is just trying to explain that he likes her and it's nice to be with her and we get our first look at Brie Larson's uh, picture at Scott's ex-girlfriend now the lead singer of famous band Clash at Demonhead. Scott's gone to meet Knives at school and the alarm bell's just gone so she's finishing for the day. He introduced Wallace to Knives and she tries to introduce him to her gay classmates. Wallace immediately tells Knives that she's too good for Scott and now they've gone to the arcade to play ninja ninja runner which is a sort of i think it's an in-game knockoff of dance dance revolution so they're they're um doing the basically they're on a dance dance revolution thing but it's made to look like ninjas and they are doing some very aerobatic moves Uh, the game's about to end when scott suggests that maybe knives put some more money in They now have gone clothes shopping. Knives is very enthusiastic and Scott is uh, being kind of nonchalant about the whole thing. She's bigging up his band and he is being quite... And then Aubrey Plaza is there. Her name is Julie in this and asks if Scott is coming to Julie's party. Julie is being quite rude to Scott. It seems like they have some sort of history. Knives grabs a Clash at Demon Head album and Scott throws it away and starts to go on a tirade about why he hates the lead singer. Scott gets a bit bored talking about his ex-girlfriend, tries to get the conversation back on himself. Knives admits that she's never kissed a guy and Scott takes the opportunity to tell her that he's never kissed a guy either. They hold hands as they walk home. It's a snowy day. And they get to Scott's basement apartment. Knives asks if she can come in 
and Scott refuses. No girls are allowed in his secret lair. He then offers to take her to the place where he grew up, which is just across the street, and that's his home. It's a very nice house. Scott then has a, I'm not sure if it's a flashback, but he's transported to a desert with a cactus. And then Ramona Flowers skates by and tells him it's a dream. And then he wakes up in bed with Wallace and Wallace's boyfriend, also called Scott. Scott is getting a bit obsessed about the dream that he had. He believes the girl is real, so he gets up to go to the bathroom. Wallace informs Scott that he was supposed to go to the to meet Knives and now it cuts to the library where they're collecting books on calculus and Scott notices Ramona Flowers, the girl from his dream, is actually real in the library. He can see her. Now this is the character that Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays and she's on roller skates and skates out of the room. Knives asks if he knows who she was. And then Scott flashes back into the um, into the, the band rehearsal space. Uh, Kim says that Knives is distracting her. Knives, who is quietly sitting there, says that she'll try to be quieter. The band now are walking to a, a party. I believe this is Julie's party that uh, Scott was invited to earlier. Scott is not having a good time at the party and... Uh, is goes to leave uh, to go to the bathroom and here's a guy uh, who interrupts scott uh, who is robbie in new girl uh, but is someone else in this whose name isn't important he scott shows him a really badly drawn picture of Ramona flowers and this guy lets scott know exactly who she is and that she's actually at the party, so Scott immediately tries to find her and is now scanning the room looking for Ramona Flowers. He's looking around the room, but he can't see her yet. And just as people start to move out the way, he can see her leaning up against the wall uh, by herself. He crushes his cup for some reason, and we're giving a title card that says, This One Girl. Scott initiates a conversation with her, and she is disinterested. He turns the conversation quickly on to Pac-Man, uh, channeling all of the inner geek that we all have, and he tells them that that Pac-Man used to be called Puck-Man, but they changed the name because they were afraid that people would uh, deface the games and change Puck to something less kosher. Scott asks if she's dreaming because, you know, he saw this girl in a dream and now she's there in real life. Scott then promises to leave her alone forever, but now we're getting a montage of him stalking her at the party. He finds one of his bandmates and tells him that Ramona Flowers is real. He finds some of Ramona's friends and then talks to them about her to find out more about her. He is becoming immediately very obsessed with her. So they're all filling him in that she has a bit of a history. And then we're talking to Aubrey Plaza as Julie. And apparently Ramona Flowers has just broken up with someone. Julie um, Julie tells Scott that he can't hit on Ramona. And Scott is probably going to hit on Ramona Flowers, let's face it. 
Julie thinks that Ramona Flowers is cool, uh, which is why she doesn't want Scott to talk to her. Now, Julie is berating Scott about all the girls that he dated and claims that Ramona is out of Scott's league. And there's a guy called Gideon that she used to date. That's uh, who Ramona Flowers used to date. And Scott comes home, but he's drunk. Sorry, Wallace comes home and he's drunk. And it's Scott is in bed and immediately just jumps into a conversation about Ramona Flowers. So he meets, just telling Wallace that he met her at a party and that he genuinely thinks that she is the girl of his dreams. Wallace tells him that he needs to break up with Knives. And Wallace falls asleep. His sister, ring, Stacy, rings him and starts talking about how he can't break up with Knives or Ramona Flowers and once Scott asks how she knows and apparently Wallace managed to text her before he fall, fell asleep. So he jumps onto Amazon.ca which I guess means this takes place in Canada. Scott makes an order and because he found out that Ramona Flowers delivers for Amazon. He receives an email from a gentleman called Matthew Patel who tells him that he is going to uh, fight Scott and that he Scott has to fight seven evil ex-boyfriends but Scott doesn't actually read the email properly but this is the first hint of the major story arc Scott then sits at the door waiting Knives knocks on the door and comes in Knives reminds Scott that he was supposed to meet her and she looks genuinely very excited to see him they head to the record store and Scott is looking at the gloom rock section and then they go shopping but Scott is very disinterested in everything that's happening. Knives hasn't really noticed. They've gone to play Ninja Ninja Revolution. But Scott is uh, doing really poorly. Because he's not paying attention. His mind is elsewhere. And that elsewhere is on Ramona Flowers. They die and Scott asks if they can leave scott actually isn't just paying attention he can't even finish a sentence the movie fades to black and scott is now playing a an acoustic guitar when the lead singer of the band announces that they've got a show knives very excitedly jumps in and takes over the conversation and 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 uh, he announces that they're playing at the toronto international battle of the bands the band have the chance to win a record deal if they win the Battle of the Bands. Knives is wearing, I believe, a homemade sax bomb t-shirt. Scott leaves to go pee and and they talk about how they're going to be battling against a band called Crash and the Boys. And their Scott Pilgrims is pee bar uh, depletes on screen. Uh, the game, uh, sorry, the film is very heavily game inspired. So there's lots of little bits that um, that pop up that are quite arcade inspired. And the name of the band is is a riff off of uh, Bobombs from, I believe, from Mario. Uh, the film is now in a sort of dreamlike sequence uh, with Ramona Flower delivering the parcel to Scott. Scott opens the door and it's Ramona and Flowers sometimes and he asks her out. 
she says no and he she asks him to sign for the parcel he tells her that it's he was in she was in his, his dream and she tells him that it's probable because she uses a secret highway that goes through dreams and he asks her about the party she asks if he was the pac-man guy and then just asks for her he just he's trying to ask her out and she's saying no she's new in town and he's trying to give her reason to hang out with him eventually she gives in and says yes only if he'll sign the package so he does coercion very cool Rain Flowers is, is waiting on some steps and Scott appears and he asks her why she's waiting. She says that he she's waiting on him and they go for a walk. She said she moved to Toronto on the suggestion of her ex-boyfriend Gideon who she still considers a friend. Scott tries to pry about their relationship but she doesn't want to talk about it. They end up walking to a swing set and she starts to ask Scott about himself. She, he tells her that she he's in between jobs. Ramona says that she headed to Toronto because she wanted to be somewhere a little bit more chilled. And it certainly fits the bill because Toronto is much colder than New York where she previously lived. They go for a walk again uh, away from the swing set. It's night time now and Ramona Flowers says that this is a date. So Scott gets excited and then starts thinking about kissing her um, but she says that she made a mistake by saying it was a date a date they head towards a door which is um, just there um, it's out of place and uh, they head through it and they are now back at Ramona's apartment she offers him some tea and starts to lift off a load of different flavors of tea so she makes them two cups of sleepy time tea and she offers to get Scott a blanket. Scott is very cold in the kitchen um, but he walks in while Ramona is changing because pervert is what I'm learning about Scott here. Ramona Flowers is apparently into it and uh, they start kissing while uh, hearts fly and there is a separate Scott uh, playing the guitar in the background. Scott suggests that they just get under the blanket on the bed and Ramona asks what they're going to do about their tea and Scott suggests they just not have tea. They are now making out on the bed. Ramona Flowers says that she doesn't want to have sex with him and he says okay. She says that she can still stay. He can still stay stay over the night because there is a snowstorm. But she doesn't want to have sex. Scott says that he feels like he this is just something that he needed. And she kisses him and they fall asleep. Day turns to night and Scott asks politely if it's okay if what happened not be a one night stand. And Ramona Flowers says what does he want instead so he invites her to the battle of the bands and she dejectedly says yes she'll she'll go he gets her number and she skates away and somehow melts the ice as she skates away cut to the rocket which is the 
venue where the band are playing. Scott is excited to see her and she looks like she would rather be anywhere else. And Scott's sister Stacy is there, so is Wallace and her boyfriend Jimmy. And Knives is there as well. Stacy introduced them and Knives kisses Scott on the lips. So Ramona is a little bit surprised about that. Everyone's sort of looking at each other, waiting for someone to say something. Everyone's now looking at Scott, and Scott immediately runs away. The first band on is Crash and the Boys, and the lead singer is getting pre-show jitters and is worried that the band aren't going to be very good. Scott spies on Ramona, and Wallace hits on Jimmy, who is Stacy's boyfriend. There's a very small child on the stage as the drummer, and Crash introduce himself and the boys, and then Wallace shouts, is the girl a boy too? They then play a song which is about two seconds long, and Wallace shouts at them. The <laughs> Crash and the boys seem to hate Wallace. Um, there's some rivalry there, definitely. Now the band are playing a song. It's called We Hate You, Please Die. The lead singer is freaking out because the Crash and the boys sound really good. That song was also really, really short, um, but longer than two seconds, so that's something. Stacy grills Ramona about what's going on between Ramona and Scott. Stacy asks Knives how she met Scott, and Scott is worried that this is a nightmare and hits the lead singer and suggests that they all just get on stage and, and play now. When Once the band are on the stage, Knives stops talking, gets very excited about the band. And sh- she is, is the only one in the crowd who is excited. The drummer counts them in and they start playing. They're surprisingly competent given everything we've learned about the band so far. Although the crowd aren't into it at all. I like it. Uh, Knives has passed out and... So they're just shots of them playing. The drummer of the other band is staring them out. Ramona Flowers is smiling, so she might be enjoying it. Bobbing her head along. That's a good sign. I think they'll walk away with this with at least one more fan. Wallace is creepily staring at Jimmy. And Stacy is blissfully unaware that uh, Wallace is hitting on her man. And someone crashes through the, through the roof. It's Matthew Patel, and he's challenging Scott Pilgrim to a fight jumps up and tries to punch Scott Scott just asks what what did he do Wallace shouts at him to fight and Scott unplugs his guitar throws it aside and defends and punches Matthew Patel everyone is shocked Matthew lands on his feet Matthew Patel runs towards him and Scott kicks him in the face He flies backwards and Scott jumps up, uppercuts him, keeps hit punching him. He's getting a high score, 64 hit combo and Matthew Patel falls to the floor. A versus sign appears. Matthew Patel dusts himself off and he circles the pit. Scott asks what's going on. He introduces himself as Matthew Patel 
introduces himself as Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. Scott obviously asks her what's going on. And Matthew engages him in a fight. Um, Scott is defending himself pretty well. And then he stops the fight and asks if we're fighting over Ramona. And Matthew says that he sent an email explaining the situation. And Scott admits that he didn't read it properly. Uh, They are just having a bit of a generic fight at the moment. Uh, No one's really landing any hits. But Matthew just got two to the face on Scott. Now he's doing some fancy footwork stuff. Wallace and some of the people in the crowd start to question Matthew Patel's choice of outfit. They engage each other in combat once more. And Scott takes the upper upper hand. Ramona reveals that they dated when they were in the seventh grade. So she goes into a bit of backstory and says that all the jocks wanted her and that she dated Matthew so her and Matthew dated so that they could beat the jocks who wanted to date Ramona she says that they only kicked one kissed once and they only dated for 10 days Matthew then breaks into song for some reason he's doing a little dance number it's he then summons some sort of alt angels and his hand is on fire he fires a fireball off at Scott and Scott dodges some people get incinerated by the fireball and Scott flings a high hat at the at Matthew Patel and they start whispering to each other um Scott knocks him out and he turns into coins. So Scott wins against the first evil ex-boyfriend. He collects the coins and Ramona excuses herself. Stacy looks over and Wallace and Jimmy are making out. The amount of coins that the win against Matthew Patel was worth was 240 and Sex are Announced as the winners of the Battle of the Band contest. Nyes wakes up having missed the entire fight. But is excited that the band won. On the bus ride home, Ramona and Scott are talking about what's going on. And Ramona says if they're going to date, Scott will have to defeat all seven evil exes. And the only thing that Scott hears is that they're dating. So he's excited. Scott asks if they can make out. So they do that. We cut to Wallace cooking some bacon at home. And Scott comes in, a champion. Happy that he is that he got to second base with Ramona. And he says that he has a second date with Ramona as well. Wallace is watching as Scott gets changed and he says that he's invited Ramona over. Scott sits down and has some bacon while Wallace tells Scott that he has to break up with knives, preferably today. And Scott doesn't want to do it because he it will be hard. Wallace then says that he 
Wallace takes the bacon off of Scott and we get introduced to a future ex-boyfriend, Lucas Lee, who is a movie star. Wallace admits that he's stalking Lucas Lee and turns on Spike, whatever that is, a movie. Uh, this is so this is Chris Evans's character, Lucas Lee. Wallace is watching him, uh, watching one of his films. Scott is in a payphone and he calls Knives, but someone else answers the phone. He wants to know who's psychic. Oh no, it was Knives. She she appears at the phone box that he was calling from. They head to the record store again. And they find out that the Clash of Demon Head is playing at, uh, at a show nearby. And Knives invites Scott over for dinner. She is having a birthday dinner and wants him to meet her parents. He says no. And now he's tells her that he's too old for her she says no because there's an even larger age gap between her parents she tells scott that she's in love with him and he washes it away he starts to have the more serious conversation with her he tells her that they should break up or whatever and Knives is visibly distressed about this. Everything turn in the background turns black and it's just Scott and Knives. Scott just sort of walks away and Knives looks very sad. Scott's not really a great person. That's that's so evident. He's on the bus home and, and Knives is in the void. And his attention turns to Ramona and he starts to feel happy again. At band practice, the Scott is tuning his guitar and Kim wants to know where Knives is and Scott starts to play the bass line from Final Fantasy 2 and everyone's sort of watching him. He says that he's got a new girlfriend and Kim, his ex-girlfriend, shoots herself in the head with her fingers. The lead singer bands Girl Talk at the band rehearsal room because they are through to the next round which means that they need to um, practice hard and then the doorbell rings and it's Ramona she's dyed her hair from pink to blue he Scott is just staring at her and uh, she says that she changes her hair color every week and a half everyone is sort of just staring at Ramona Kim says that they used to date she tells him that he's an idiot. It fades to black and we're back at Scott's apartment. Wallace is there, Ramon is there, Scott's there, wearing an apron that says cook. He seems to be crushing some garlic and Ramona goes to the toilet. Scott can't get his head around how fickle she is because she changed her hair colour and now he doesn't know what to do. Ramona comes out of the toilet and asks how dinner's coming along. Scott continues to crush some garlic. Wallace leaves scott asks wallace not to leave but wallace leaves anyway he wallace is left to go and stalk lucas lee who is chris evans's character they eat some garlic bread and garlic um scott is talking about how garlic bread's his favorite food and how he could eat it forever and ever and honestly yeah i get that and now scott is playing her a song that he wrote about her 
And, you know, there's a band called the Ramona Flowers. I don't know if they're still together, but they existed at one point. So the song is just Ramona on my mind. That's all Scott is saying. And Ramona says she can't wait to hear when it's finished. And Scott looks saddened by that because I think it was a finished song. She tells him that his hair is pretty shaggy and he freaks out and starts thinking about getting a haircut. We find out that Scott's last time he got it professionally cut was 431 days ago, which was just before he broke up with his last girlfriend. He talks about how the breakup between her and he tells Ramona that his ex-girlfriend used to be called Nat and then he puts on a hat. Because he's getting a bit too freaked out about his hair. So they've gone for a walk. And they're walking up some steps. Scott's wearing his hat. Ramona has her blue hair. Ramona notices that Scott is acting a little bit strange. He reassures her that he doesn't do any drugs. And they keep walking. And they take he takes her to a castle where they're shooting a movie which is where they're shooting the Lucas Lee movie, which is where Wallace is. So they catch up with Wallace. And a runner announces that Mr. Lee is travelling, which means he's coming to set. And then the Universal Pictures sound comes in the background and Chris Evans appears on screen as not Captain America, but Lucas Lee, an evil ex-boyfriend of Ramona Flowers. He grabs a skateboard and skates over to the uh, director and Ramona says they have to leave because he used to date. Then the scene ta- starts to take place. So it's Lucas Lee is acting as a guest, uh, like a sort of an action star. There's a man holding someone hostage. And Ramona Flowers starts talking about how they used to date. And now Lucas Lee points at Scott Flowers and says that he's going to kick Scott's ass. So this is number two of Ramona's evil ex-boyfriends. Scott asks for an autograph. Lucas punches her several times in the face. He has a brief catch-up with Ramona Flowers before throwing Scott Pilgrim at the castle. Scott falls down and onto some cement bags, which breaks his fall. Wallace warns him of an evil ex, and Lucas walks towards where Scott is. They exchange some words, and Lucas punches him again. A runner sprays some spritz on Lucas Lee's hand and Scott tries to engage him in the fight but now Lucas won't play him but it's actually his stunt double. And so Lucas and this is actually several stunt doubles so Scott has to fight all of them. Scott feeling a little bit overwhelmed as they start to walk towards him all with skateboards. Wallace appears and then Scott starts fighting them all he's very good at defending himself he's definitely had some martial arts training and the stuntmen start kicking him around they start to get the upper hand but Scott quickly takes it back they start to attack him with skateboards and someone hits him on the head of a skateboard and now they're all sort of ganging up on him kicking him around while Chris Evans says he's going to go get a coffee. He walks away and there's it gets a text message and laughs. As he keeps walking away, he gets a coffee and 
the camera pans around to Scott, who has defeated all of the stuntmen. So now it is just Scott versus Lucas Lee. He crushes his hot cup of coffee and runs towards Scott. Scott runs towards him. And who's going to win? It slows down as they get closer. They both jump. And Lucas lands the kick. Scott goes flying back through a set piece. And Lucas says that the the seven evil exes belong to something called the League of Evil Exes. And Scott doesn't know anything about it. Lucas Lee suggests that they go get a beer, but then he sucker punches Scott. Lucas Lee admits that he's going for an Oscar this year. Scott asks Lucas Lee if he can do a thingy on the rail and Lucas Lee says oh it's it's called a grind you know on a skateboard and because I guess he's a narcissist he he thinks about doing it but ultimately agrees to it just because there are girls watching Wallace hands him the skateboard and he grinds on the rail there's a kilometers per hour in the corner he's reached 80 90 100 120 150 my this is kilometers per hour 200 kilometers per hour it keeps cutting back to scott who is just says wow 300 miles per hour 309 and then he explodes at the end scott sad that he didn't get the autograph Scott turns around and Ramona has disappeared. It turns to day and Scott is trying to call Ramona but she's not picking up so he leaves a message asking him to call her. Asking her to call him. Scott wants to know what the deal is and Wallace isn't really offering much in the way of comfort. Scott is just sort of stroking Ramona's flower. So Wallace points out that when Scott gave her... When Ramona gave Scott her number, she put seven X's on it. That wasn't kisses. It was detailing that she had seven evil X's that he had to fight. Scott feels dejected and falls on the floor. Wallace starts to give Scott a pep talk. And then he lets Scott know that he needs to move out. Wallace tells Scott that he needs to leave. And then the phone rings. He picks it up and it's Envy. A girl called Envy, which is Nat, his ex-girlfriend. The one that broke his heart. The one that is the lead singer of Clash at Demon Head. She asks how he is and he says he's not doing so well. This is uh, Brie Larson's character. And uh, there are some photos of them both looking very, very happy. And he starts to tell her about Ramona Flowers. And she's a little bit... She's a little bit jealous and uh, then she hangs up wallace comes and pats him on the shoulder puts the phone away and the phone rings again this time it's knives on the phone he she tells wallace that she's outside and scott jumps out of a window to avoid her he walks past knives and now he's walking down the street he he's haunted by the seven evil exes he walking down alley now when someone whizzes past him like superhero fast as if they were the flash or quicksilver or a train 
runs past them again and it's just a black smoke and he punches her in the side it's another evil ex-girlfriend this is Mae Whitman I thought not, uh, Kim the drummer was Mae Whitman but this is actual Mae Whitman now and she introduces herself as a, another evil ex and Scott says he can't be bothered with it and she agrees to uh, have the fight later she throws something on the floor sets herself on fire and disappears Scott calls his sister from a payphone and she's at work at the coffee shop and he's she, she says that she's just about to leave and then he immediately walks into her coffee shop and she's already left Julie is there instead and his sister runs away Ju- Scott and Julie get into it she really seems to hate him she's really annoyed that he asked her out uh, asked Ramona out he asked for a caramel macchiato and Julie gives him his change and points to a album of Demon uh, Clash of Demon Head when Ramona appears at the coffee shop she's look visibly upset and she disappeared so he asked her about that and she says it's just something that she does she admits that she's hard to be around and then uh, thinks that Scott doesn't want to hang out with her anymore but he does he says he's okay with the evil ex-boyfriend thing he notices his ex one behind uh, so just sort of everyone's in this coffee shop Envy uh, walks up to them and Ramona excuses herself um, and then Envy admits that she's jealous she tells Scott that they're playing at Lee's Palace and invites him to come along he says no she says that she'll add him to the guest list and then she leaves and Scott drink is ready so Julie calls it out now Scott and Ramona are going for a little walk while he explains what happened they were um she talks about how he she moved to Montreal and then she split up with him to be with a man called Todd and then Ramona mentions that she dated a Todd once which we will later find out is the same person I'm sure and then they kiss and it flashes to the next day and four people in the bed there's Jimmy there's Wallace Scott's there and also other Scott Wallace's boyfriend that's four in a bed uh, like the show on channel four or five the lead singer admits that there's some distressing news at the band rehearsal and he admits that Envy has asked Sex Bobomb to open for Clash of Demon Head at their secret show tomorrow. So this is Envy's way of sort of getting Scott back, I guess. And then he says, so the lead singer really wants to play the show. Scott doesn't want to for obvious reasons. And Knives is outside just sort of staring at them. It seems like the lead singer is able to talk them around to going to the show. So they're going to play at the secret show opening for Clash of Demon Head. Ramona says that Scott should do it and that seems to give him life. Knives gets a little bit crazy about Ramona flowers and starts having a basically a mental breakdown about it and buys some hair dye and dyes her hair. 
and why Nye's obviously is 17 and I think Ramona's in her 20s as well and she's sad that that she doesn't know good music like Ramona does because she hasn't had that long to learn she dyes her hair blue which is the same colour as hair that Ramona had at the time uh, but Ramona's hair probably will change as well she, Knives messages Neil who is the groupie that follows uh, Sex Bomb around Sex and Bomber are now on stage at Lee's Palace playing their songs. It ends and the crowd is not interested at, at all. The lead singer mentions they've got some merch at the back and then they head to the bar. The singer asks Ramona if they sucked and she deflects the question back to him. Ramona's now in the, in the bathroom and she notices... Uh, Knives is right next to her tied her half her hair blue Knives is sort of stalking her now Knives is copying how Ramona um, acts and then she go Knives and young Neil are uh, now a couple and Scott's finding this out for the first time Scott then excuses himself to go pee and now the Clash of Demon Head are taking the stage. So this is Brie Larson doing some singing now. So the, Scott points out the the basis is the Todd that Envy left him for. And then Ramona says that she knows, which means it's the same Scott, uh, which means it's the same person. And that means that they're going to have to fight. This will be the third evil ex-boyfriend the clash of demon head song is really really good uh, you can see why they're famous for sure i don't know if it's brie larson singing but uh if it is she's got a good voice the crowd are really into it everyone's dancing along scott is sort of just staring and and not having a good time at all julie appears and invites everyone backstage on behalf of Envy, who is the lead singer of Clash of Demonhead, Scott's ex-girlfriend. Knives then realises that Scott used to date Envy and and breaks her even more. Todd says, hey Ramona. He's wearing a shirt with the number three on it, which is ironic. Not ironic. I don't know. It, because he's the third evil ex-boyfriend. Everyone's sort of just staring each other out. Knives says that she reads Envy's block. And then Envy turns the conversation over to Scott and Ramona and says that they suit each other. Everyone else tries to speak to Envy, but she's not interested. She only wants to talk to Ramona. She tells Ramona that she used to play... She played the Chaos Theatre. And then the Todd, the evil ex-boyfriend, punches out knives and punches all of the hair colour out of her hair. Everyone's... Todd and... Envy just sort of staring at each other. Knives and young Neil leave. Julie asks if they're doing anything fun. And they laugh because Toronto isn't fun. And then Scott has had enough and he challenges Todd to a fight. And Todd has him in Stacy's. He stops him straight up. And now he's he's sort of using magic to hold Scott. And Envy tells Scott that Todd's vegan, which has given him superpowers. Todd says being a vegan isn't a big deal. Scott says that anyone can be vegan. 
So the idea here is that being vegan makes you better than most people. And then he hits Scott right up into the sky. The lead singer asks how not eating dairy products gives you psychic powers. And the answer is because being a vegan means you can use more than 10% of your brain. And then Scott eventually falls back down to earth and Ramona goes to check on him. Scott peed his pants. He did get hit very, very, very far. Scott asks for some information about him and Ramona doesn't want to talk about it. And she says that she dumped Lucas for Todd the moment that she he met Todd. He She really liked Todd a lot. Apparently he punched a hole in the moon for her. They broke up when he was sent off to Vegan Academy. Scott asks her if she's ever been dumped or if she's always been the person who dumped someone. And Todd interjects and he says they need to finish the fight they exchange some words and Todd tries to raz on Scott but Scott doesn't really follow what's going on and so it's a really yeah so Scott can't win the fight and Todd's basically threatening to kill Scott but Scott goes in to punch him and Todd uses vegan powers to throw him through a wall everyone's sort of watching in the band are bailing because they're going to go get a pizza which is fair enough then there is an ominous bass note from within the wall which is scott playing the d chord and now instead of a fight they're going to be having a bass battle they're inside the now empty lee palace now the versus sign appears and now they're both playing the, their bass. It truly is a bass battle. Uh, Scott plays his a bit harder. And then Todd plays his a bit more melodically. And Scott plays his faster. Plastic cups are swirling everywhere. They're both playing faster and, and harder. Uh, Todd seems more in control than Scott. Scott stops playing. And Todd makes Scott's base explode and Scott flies backwards between several walls and Todd floats in the background and then walks through the door his eyes glowing white with vegan powers Scott offers him a drink with soy milk and that he knows that there is some actual dairy and then he takes the one with opposite in Scott's opposite hand and he drinks it and then Scott admits that the, the one that Todd taken is the one with dairy. And then the vegan police arrest Scott. Of course, they, black, they, they break through the wall and they arrest Todd for not being vegan anymore. Because he had the coffee with... Todd asks if he gets free strikes, but he had ice cream and he's also had a chicken palm so this is strike number three so he is arrested by the vegan police and by arrested i mean they um they they murder him i think no not murder that seems a bit excessive he loses all of his amazing vegan hair power though and then scott headbutts him into lots of coins we're talking 
you could probably get a whole meal with that amount of coins. The vegan police leave and they applaud each other on the way out. Scott apologises to Envy for headbutting her boyfriend and he calls her Natalie, which she hasn't heard in a long time. It seems to humanise her a little bit. He talks to Ramona and says that they should get out of here and they walk through the hole in the wall. Julie appears and then it jumps to the band at the pizza place. Scott's holding a Coke Zero can to his head uh, to to numb the pain. Nice and young Neil are there as well. And they're all talking about going to a party. Scott talks about how he almost died. And Scott, for some reason, talks himself into going to the party. Everyone's here now. Um, Scott, Ramona, Knives, Young Neil, the band, Wallace. Scott asks her candidly, have you ever dated anyone who isn't a total ass? And she says that he's the nicest guy that he's ever dated, even though he dates children, stalks people, coerces people into dating him. He's not all that great. If that's her definition of a nice person, you can understand why she has a league of evil exes. They're at the party now. And he asks her why, what's she done to make all of her boyfriends crazy? And he just says, she responds that not all breakups are, are painless. And he talks about how Knives is handling it really, really well. Obviously, we know that Nice isn't handling it very well. And then Ramona brings up about Kim. And Scott says he barely remembers dating Kim. Scott then sort of rips into Ramona about the fact that he has to fight people to be with her. She doesn't take it the very well and introduces him to the club of being an asshole. Scott admits that the ex-boyfriend thing is messing with him when he is punched to the ground by Mae Whitman once again. This is Roxy. So now this is Ramona's ex-girlfriend, which is why Ramona keeps correcting him from ex-boyfriend to exes. Ramona says that she had a lesbian phase, but it doesn't mean anything. And then Roxy kicks Scott, but Ramona stops it and she throws Roxy away. Now Ramona's in the fight. Roxy says if Gideon can't have Ramona, then no one can. And she rips off her belt and it's like a weird spiky attack weapon thing. And then Ramona takes a hammer out of her bag and engages Roxy in a fight. So now Ramona is fighting for Scott rather than Scott fighting for Ramona. Scott and Wallace are watching from the sidelines as Ramona and Roxy sort of just flip around and attack each other with massive hammers and and long spiky belts. Ramona goes to hit Roxy but gets the speaker instead and then Roxy manages to get her belt around the mallet and throws the mallet out of the window and then but that opens up Ramona to kick her in the face. Ramona calls Gideon a creep and then Roxy admits that this doesn't matter because Ro- uh, because Scott has to kill Roxy with his own fists and then Scott 
says that he won't fight a girl. And so Ramona grabs him and starts fighting Roxy with Scott's hands. Real partnership, that. Roxy poofs away and Ramona and Scott are sort of looking around for her. And she poofs back in between the two of them and she punches Scott into the ceiling. She goes to kick Scott and then he goes to touch her back of her knee which immobilises her. I think it gives her an orgasm and that orgasm kills her and she turns into a shitload of coins. He got 4,000 points for defeating Roxy and now Ramona and Scott are at the bar. Scott orders a gin and tonic times two for himself. Scott asks for a list of, of exes. Although he's defeated four now and there's only seven of them. Scott is looking, asks Ramon her if there's anyone at this party that she hasn't slept with because he is a man child. She suggests that they split. He thinks that he means s- split up. And then she reminds him that he did. she did just fight someone for him and... Then she says the worst thing he could possibly hear. She says that he is just another evil ex waiting to happen. And then she walks away. Scott's band and his friends sort of line up behind him. And then she gives him the list that he asked for. And so we know that what's next is five and six are the Katyanagi twins and then Gideon. So the lead singer knows that who the Katanagi twins are. Uh, They are the next Battle of the Band Band they have to play. So, Scott, who's playing bass at the moment, is ready to fight them. And this time he's going to be able to enlist the help of the entire band. The band have said that they can play play the gig without him, but he's down to do it. And then it cuts to... It cuts to the band, who are outside of the venue... And this time it is a true battle of bands. It's called an amp versus amp, which is two bands on at the same time. So Sax Bobom are on one side of the stage and on the other side of the stage is the Katanoagi t- twins. I said that wrong. And then everyone's sort of freaking out on stage, apart from Kim, who doesn't care, um, but points out that Ramona is in the crowd now with green hair. Kim says that she doesn't care but suggests that Scott talks to him before she goes. He walks over to her, well, he looks over to her and sees that she is talking with someone who looks at him in a rather creepy way. The other stage lights up and the Katanagi twins appear and it looks like they're DJs. They look towards Gideon. Gideon gives him a nod. And they now turn their attention to Scott. The battle is on. They press a note on the keyboard. Everyone's ready to play. Sex Bobom, one side. The twins on the other. Gideon and Ramona in the crowd. And now the music comes alive. The Katanagotins attack first. And they break part of the stage for Sex Bobom. They also tore the roof off. Gideon screams in the crowd, cheers. 
Scott Pilgrim introduces the band Sex Bomb and they start playing. They start playing and now they're attacking the twins with their music. It's a good song. The 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 band are good, definitely. You can see why they got through to the next round in the battle of the bands. The twins look at each other and they turn the music up and then they attack with uh, musical dragons and they blows the band away. Everyone's sort of in a in a whirlwind, dragon whirlwind. The dragons disappear and the band lie on the ground and the lead singer suggests that they should break up. Scott realises that the geeky guy with Ramona is Gideon, who is the head of the lead uh, uh, league of evil exes. The band get up and they continue their set. The twins set more dragons at the band. And then Scott manifests his own demon monkey. And the monkey and the dragons engage in a fierce fight. Electrical musical fight. Everyone continues playing their instruments while their summoned creatures do battle. Eventually the monkey destroys the dragons and the twins are done pilgrim gets 6000 points for the win and he even gets a extra life he jumps into the crowd who are cheering him on cuz he won he finds knives who just sort of stares at him she says that she came to see the show he nods. He wants to leave. She's upset that he wants to leave. And then he just walks away. He really doesn't care about knives at all. He exits the show and he finds Ramona on the street. Scott and Ramona have a heart-to-heart outside. Scott says he doesn't care about her past. He says that he's in lesbians with her. Instead of saying, I love it. I love you. Um, she doesn't really understand what she he, he means. And then... She tells him that they have to break up. He is sad. She says that she can't because of Gideon. And then Gideon appears. He says that he loves Sex Bobom. He says he really, really enjoyed the show. The lead singer pees himself for some reason. He says he offers them a free album contract. And Scott throws it away because it's Gideon. The lead singer signs it. Gideon says he's not a bad man and says, don't let the past ruin your future. The, he, Scott says he's going to leave the band if they sign the contract. They'll need to find someone else to play bass. And then young Neil appeals. So Scott is out of the band. Young Neil is in. Gideon and Ramona leave in a limousine. Now it seems like Ramona is back with Gideon. And Gideon's rubbing it in Scott's face. Scott's um, Gideon says that he was in a really bad place when he put the League of Evil Exes together and then the limousine drives off. The band are very happy that they've signed an album contract and Scott is left alone, confused and realised that he said lesbians instead of love to Ramona, which may have been the reason why she left. He walks in the snow and he, then he hits his head against a pole with a little thwonk sound. He hits it against the pole repeatedly. He goes to a swing set where him and Ramona spent some time earlier. 
And then his sister Stacy appears and asks if he thought Ramona was actually the one. And he did. So his sis- his sister offers him some words of comfort. He tell- She tells him that maybe next time he doesn't have to date someone with a league of evil exes. Gott goes home and Wallace screams at him to turn off the light. Wallace was in bed with another dude and Wallace then grabs Scott a cup of tea and Wallace tells Scott that it's time for him to move out. Scott tells him that Ramona isn't with him anymore, she's with Gideon. Wallace tells him that Scott's fight is over, which is a plus. And that's when the phone rings. The phone's for Scott. He holds it up to his ear, and it's Gideon. Gideon's looking to make sure that Scott is okay. Probably all just a ploy. Ramona is sat by his Gideon's chair, and Scott screams because he's built hot chocolate on himself. Gideon tells Scott that he's opening a new venue in the in Toronto, and that Scott's band is opening and invites Scott along. Scott agrees to go. Wallace encourages Scott to finish Gideon. So Scott puts on all his best clothes, some sweatbands, his sneaks, really, really slowly tying up his shoes. And he runs towards the Chaos Theatre, which is the new place that Gideon's just opened up. This is the seventh fight. The bouncer stops Scott at the door and asks for the password. Scott says whatever, that was the password. Two more bastards um, stop Scott and ask for a second password. Scott shrugs, got it right again. He, Robbie from New Girl is is there and the sex bomb are playing with young Neil on bass. The band stopped playing and they address Scott personally. Gideon is sitting on a throne in a music theatre and he offers Scott a Coke Zero. Scott throws the drink and I believe he's about to challenge Gideon to a fight. Gideon says that the league is over and Scott says that this is still happening. Gideon tries to defuse the situation and strikes Ramona's hair who definitely doesn't look like she wants to be there. Gideon asks Quat the question, do you want to fight him? And then Gideon asks, why would you want to fight him? Scott's already fought six people. Scott then pulls a sword out of his heart because he managed to say the word love and that gives him a level up. Sex. Ba-bum. Start playing at Gideon's request while Gideon initiates the fight. Loads and loads of ninjas appear and start fighting Scott Pilgrim, who has his flaming a heart sword. Every hit he gets on them, they break into money. This would be a really easy way to save up for a house. Scott is doing really well. Um, No one can get a hit on him. And he is destroying everyone that gets close to him. There's at least like 30 people he's just murdered into coins Gideon gets his own sword and Scott runs up towards him and they their swords touch and Scott breaks into pieces 
Gideon seemingly have won the fight. Gideon mocks Scott, who's on the floor, and says that he'll he's have to ask Scott to leave. And then Knives appears with some knives and kicks the sword out of Gideon's hand. She's there to defend Scott for some reason. Gideon says that Scott did this all to himself. Knives is here to challenge Ramona. Ramona grabs a candlestick and defends herself against Knives. Gideon and Scott get back into their fight now with fists because they've both lost their swords. Knives versus Ramona with Knives versus a candlestick. Knives also a very good fighter. Now Knives, Ramona doesn't know anything about Knives because Scott is a creep and kept it from her. So while Knives is shouting that you stole Scott to Ramona, Ramona is rightfully, I don't know anything about this. Because Scott's is a D, Scott is a D-bag. He diffuses the fight. He stops them. Not, Scott now breaks down exactly what happened. He's doing the right thing for once. Scott's trying to explain what happened. And Scott realises that he's a bit of a douche. And then Gideon stabs him in the heart. He doesn't turn to coins though. So does Gideon really win? And uh, there's a little marker on the on the screen that says that Scott is dead he wakes up at the cactus where he had a dream earlier which is where he first saw Ramona she appears and Scott is just annoyed that he got killed by Gideon Scott says he's not going anywhere so she can talk to him if he wants she wants Ramona explains that she was obsessed with Gideon he ignored her and made her feel very alone which made her want him even more and eventually when she realized that that's why she moved to toronto and because she she left he then wanted her which is why he started the league of evil exes as a way to get her back which eventually it did work because she got back with him and then she reveals that gideon has implanted her with something which means that he can control her she explains that she wanted a simple relationship and she apologises for this being the ending for it. She then disappears into sand. Away she goes. Scott's now alone in his little dream cactus place. Now Scott's sad that he's dead and then he remembers that he got an extra life earlier during his fight with the twins. He remembers everything and he goes back in time to when he left and he starts destroying everyone he comes across he goes back to the chaos theater punches the bodyguards walks back in pushes some people sex bomber playing again it starts the same way he scott now gives the band his blessing he apologizes to kim for being a d-bag so it looks like with this extra life he's not wasting it Gideon interrupts them. Scott dives straight into a fight. Gideon tries to do the same pompous ceremony he did before. Scott pulls a different sword out of his heart. This one. The ninjas all appear again. Scott quickly dispatches them. Cutting people down left and right. And then the sword fight between him and Gideon starts up again. But this time, Scott kicks 
Gideon's ass and he dies 7,000 points for Scott and then Ramona gets kicked in the face by knives. Scott stops knives from fighting Ramona. Scott now, the, the, the bigger man, explains to knives how it's not Ramona's fault and explains what happened, that he cheated on knives with Ramona Nice shouldn't be mad at Ramona because he didn't tell Ramona. Because Scott is a D-bag. He explains all this. The chip that was in the back of Ramona's head disconnects. And Gideon, who didn't turn to coins, uh, tries to get Scott back into a fight with him. Gideon pulls out another sword. And they start to have a sword fight. Gideon has one hand behind his back. They swing their swords around above the heads of Ramona and Knives. Gideon gets the upper hand. Knives taps in. And now it's Gideon versus Knives and Scott. Because everyone's just forgiven Scott for being a D-head. Ramona's just watching. Knives, Gideon, Scott all fighting. Scott's on the floor. Knives gets kicked off the stand. Back to just Gideon and Scott. Gideon looks like he is the stronger man. Scott manages to cut Gideon's cheek. Gideon once again cuts through Scott's sword. Ramona walks over to Gideon. Gideon proclaims that Ramona is still his girl. She puts her hands around his necks and knees him in the balls. Knives gets the sword off of Gideon and then Gideon kicks Ramona down the stairs. Gideon turns around to look at Knives and Scott. Scott angry. Knives angry. They both run towards him and super punch him all around the face. Kicking him. Passing him between each other. Punches left and right. His health is depleting. And Gideon is done. He's on his knees. He looks at Scott. Knives and Scott standing next to each other. Gideon is glitching out. He shouts at Scott. He talks about forming the leagues and how inconvenient it was and how dare Scott do this to him. He coughs up some coins. Gideon proclaims that Scott is not cool enough for Ramona. Scott kicks Gideon in the face and he turns into coins. It's over. The seven evil exes are finished. Scott gets 7 billion points for winning that fight. Coins rain down. No one's left in the room except Sex Babom and Scott, Ramona and Knives. The band start collecting up coins, realising that they may never get paid. Because Gideon's dead and he's the one that signed their contract. Ramona suggests that Knives and Scott make a good combo. Gideon's glasses start speaking to Scott. And then the glasses ask if Scott can ever defeat himself. Because remember, Scott is really an awful, terrible human being. Nega Scott appears, which is sort of like a negative version of Scott. Knives, Scott and Ramona are ready to fight. But Scott says he'll do it himself. And then it ends with Scott and Nega Scott becoming friends. And Scott meets up with... Ramona and Knives outside. They Nega Scott and Scott have plans to get Scott puts a hat on again because another person told him that his hair was shaggy. 
Knives and Scott have a little moment and Ramona sort of walks away. Scott asks where she's going and Ramona says that she should disappear. Ramona says she still needs a new life. Cass caught up with her and she doesn't want anyone else to get hurt because of her. Scott says that he'll get over it and Ramona reminds Scott that he wasn't the only one that got hurt. Knives got hurt as well. She then says that he's the nicest guy she's ever dated again and I'd like to remind her that he bloody awful, treats women awfully and... um, He really isn't a nice guy. Scott says bye. Ramona says bye. And then she walks away. Knives tells Scott to go get her. Giving her blessing to the relationship. Which is confusing. Because Scott is a bad man. She rightfully says that she's too cool for Scott. That's something that we can agree on. Knives. Scott then walks after Ramona. She stops. And he asks if he can tag along. And she says... Yes. Okay, she doesn't actually say anything. She takes his hand and they walk off together towards the white door, which took them to her apartment last time. And the door closes, the Toronto skyline in the background, and the credits roll. Good night.